From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 20th of January 2022. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through the West's decision to send tanks to Ukraine. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, we discuss whether the US will run out of money. But first, will the West give Ukraine more tanks? Today, Ukraine's President Zelensky will speak via video link to a meeting in Germany of defence ministers from about 50 countries, including every NATO member state, to convince them to increase their military aid to Ukraine. In the last couple of days, the US has announced another $2.5 billion worth of aid, including 90 striker armoured personal carriers, an additional 59 Bradley infantry fighting vehicles and Avenger air defence systems. This morning, a group of 11 NATO countries, including Britain and the Baltics, pledged a raft of new military aid for Ukraine, including tens more Stinger air defence systems, S-60 anti-aircraft guns and more training for Ukrainian soldiers. However, while the West has given Ukraine hundreds of armoured vehicles, the big question now is whether Europe will send Leopard 2 tanks, a German-made tank that is used widely across Europe. Certain European countries, including Poland, have already expressed their intention to send these to Ukraine. But Germany has an export veto on the tanks, and Berlin has so far proved reluctant for fear of provoking Russia. There have been reports that Scholz has told Biden that he'll only allow the export of Leopard 2 tanks if the US also sends Abram tanks, which weren't included in the latest batch of American aid. Nonetheless, while Scholz is currently dragging his feet, history suggests Berlin will eventually give the green light, and this morning could be great news for Ukraine. At the moment, the war in Ukraine is stuck in a sort of stalemate. The media is zoomed in on places like Bakhmut and Solodar, where both sides have lost thousands of men, but neither side has been able to make a strategically significant advance for months now. Even Bakhmut, which could fall to the Russians sometime relatively soon, doesn't have much strategic value. It's a small town with a pre-war population of about 70,000 people, and it suffered too much damage to act as an effective logistical hub for further Russian advances towards other Ukrainian holdouts in Donbass, like Slovyansk and Kramatorsk. While tanks won't make an immediate difference, escalating Western aid could give the Ukrainians enough to break the current deadlock, assuming Putin doesn't escalate and the Ukrainians can hold out until the new aid arrives. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. This week, elites from the worlds of politics and business have met in Davos to discuss political divisions in the world. This meeting, hosted by the World Economic Forum, occurs annually and often sees world leaders attend. Donald Trump, for example, attended twice during his tenure as President of the United States. This year, though, it appears that the Americans have chosen to forego attendance, with President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris and Secretary of State Antony Blinken all no-shows. In fact, nobody from the White House went at all. The highest-ranking Americans to attend were three cabinet secretaries, none of whom gave keynote speeches. 
In fact, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen travelled to Zurich this week, which is just two hours on the train from Davos, to meet with Chinese Vice President Liu He. She did not stop at Davos. Perhaps Davos is just not viewed as important by the new occupant of the White House. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. We move to the UK now, where King Charles has requested that profits from a £1 billion a year Crown Estate wind farm deal be used for the public good, rather than as extra funding for the British monarchy. Six new offshore wind energy lease agreements have generated a significant windfall for the Crown Estate, which would normally lead to an increase in official funding for the royals. The Crown Estate is the monarch's public estate made up of an ancient portfolio of land and property, including the new wind farms. It's run independently as a commercial business. The profits get sent to the UK Treasury, but the level of profit is used to calculate the amount of money given by the government to the royal family, known as the Sovereign Grant, for their official work. As such, a boost in profits usually means a larger sovereign grant for the royals. But amid a cost-of-living crisis, the king doesn't want to be seen to benefit from this financial windfall, and has requested that the profits be directed for wider public good. Marvel fans in China will be thrilled today, as it's been announced that the new titles in the series will be screened in the country. China has introduced a de facto ban on the films in 2019, which lost Marvel hundreds of millions in lost ticket sales. While it's not known exactly why the ban was introduced, it has been speculated that it was potentially because of LGBTQ characters and symbols in the film, US symbols of patriotism, or simply because of the increasing tensions between the US and China politically. While we don't know why Marvel films were, as a whole, banned since 2019, we do have reports of why some specific films were banned. Spider-Man No Way Home was supposedly banned because the Statue of Liberty scene was too patriotic. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was reportedly denied because of a character with lesbian mothers. Nonetheless, it's been reported that Black Panther and Ant-Man will both be screened in the country, ending the de facto ban. In some positive news, wind energy and zero carbon generation records are being broken in the UK. Toward the end of last year, on December 30th, 2022, the UK's national grid said that the maximum wind generation hit a new high of 20,918 megawatts, and zero carbon generation peaked at 87.2% of the country's electricity mix. Not long later, on January the 4th, the zero carbon generation record hit a new high of 87.6%, and then a week after that, wind generation set another new record of maximum generation of 21,620 megawatts. January is usually a good month for wind generation due to blustery weather conditions, but the National Grid's year-end review suggests 2022 was a good year all round for wind energy, with wind accounting for a record 26.8% of the UK's 2022 electricity generation mix, beaten only by gas at 38.5% and ahead of nuclear at 15.5%. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion of whether the US could run out of money, then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Now might be the time to do it, as there's an offer which gets you a year of membership for less than $1 a month. 
That's huge because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. They also get access to a ton of other exclusive ad-free TLDR content, as well as videos from all your favourite creators. The good news is, like I mentioned, our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers you some of the world's best documentaries, is offering an incredible deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $12 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR content on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than a dollar a month, a deal which doesn't last long, and support the channel.